Welcome back to The Chosen Journey with Steve Garcay and The Chosen Lawyer. Steve, chapter 54 we are on now, and it as promised last week, the highlights of the 2023 World Baseball Classic. We spent a lot of time talking about Team USA, Team Japan, but from the opening round, the opening pools, there was a lot of twists and turns in this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the tournament was a hit. Um, you know, there was some upsets. You know, the timing was a little bit off, so I got to watch some teams more than others, <clears throat> being with the time difference and some, some games starting at 3 a.m. in the morning. But uh, it was just a, a, a lot of fun to – watch uh and 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 to watch these guys compete now Shoya otani won the mvp award for this tournament and i recall back in hockey in the stanley cup finals one year ron hextall won the uh the vesna uh, sorry the uh Smythe trophy as the stanley cup mvp even though he was not on the winning team the one tournament favorite i was saying even if he doesn't make the finals uh was randy arroz arrozarena from Team Mexico, and he played his heart out. I got to see him live. I was I was sitting in the outfield right behind him, and he was saluting the fans. He was loving every minute of it, and what a passionate guy. He did it all on the field as far as with the bat, with the speed, with the glove work. I mean, this was his coming out party even more so. Uh, he was my MVP otherwise, and what he was what this tournament was all about. Yeah, of course. I mean, when you have guys like that playing in the tournament, uh, you know, it's fantastic. They bring a little spice. They bring a little energy to the game. Uh, you know, they enjoy the game. They love playing the game, and that's, and that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, uh, you said it was his coming out party. You know, I, I would have to disagree a little bit with you on that. I would say his coming out party was when he was in the playoffs and he ended up hitting all of those home runs. And that's where his name got put on the, you know, on the map, so to speak. And, you know, everybody started noticing this guy because I didn't know who Randy Rosarena was until the playoffs. And I'm watching the playoffs and I'm like, yes. this guy's incredible, man. And he's like, he's got great energy, plays great defense. He runs the bases. He's got power. Uh, and, 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 and this is a great find for, for this team, you know? And now, you know, he just kind of continues to carry it. He plays hard every day. And then, uh, you know, he's playing for Team Mexico. And, and when his name pops up, you know exactly who he is. You know what he's going to bring to the table. And, uh, you know, they, they, other teams have to, uh, you know, watch out for what, he, what he's going to do and, and, and be aware of him. Don't know what's in the waters of St. Louis, Missouri, but I can tell you, uh, that scouting staff, when they put together a team, wow, like uh, embarrassment of riches because he was originally in the Cardinal system. They found him originally. You got Team Japan with Lars Newtbar. He came out of there. Asked the Yankees about Harrison Bader. Like, if I'm a team, one of the first people I call is, is St. Louis and saying, hey, you got any outfielder prospects or pitching prospects you're kind of sick of? I'll happily take them off your hands. Something about acquiring a Cardinals prospect, they just seem to shine. This year, they got Jordan Walker out there. Didn't really have a spot for him, but he earned his way on uh, as one of the top, if not the top prospects in baseball. But Randy, like his story is unbelievable looking back on it. As I knew from the Cuba perspective, and a lot of people asked, why is he playing on Team Mexico? 
Well, he took the raft from Cuba to Mexico, mm -hmm. and then he petitioned the Mexican president to allow him citizenship so he can specifically play in his tournament because he felt so embedded into the culture. And wow, like the same way the Team Japan, you know, played around Lars Nootbaar as far as being the first non-Japanese-born player to actually play on that world baseball team. Same thing now as far as Azarena went. And, you know, you guessed that he was there from birth. Like he really was embedded into that team. They they rallied around him. When when the team did not advance, you could see the tears in his eyes. He took this really, really seriously. He's, he's my MVP. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to like a guy like that. It, 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 they, he'll grow on you. And when he gives you and, and lays his heart out on the field for your country and, and for himself when he's playing because he enjoys the game so much, it's hard not to like, and and that's a great teammate. And that's, uh, you know, what I've always preached about, you know, being a good teammate and, and wanting to help your team to win. I mean, he's not a selfish player, and it's just uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And he he's at that borderline for me so that it's, it's not showboating to showing up the other team. He plays with passion, but he's not doing it as far as from a harmful way. I, I like his energy. He gets the fans into it. He really cares, but he's still focused on the game. He's not like dilly-dallying out there. So I, I would love to have a team of 25 of him. You know, it'd be incredible as far as his skill set plus his mindset. Now, going into the opening pools and taking a look, you know, uh, when they settled out these pools, uh, they weren't quite even, so to speak. It was quite interesting to see how they all kind of played out as far as disparity goes. Uh, the most equal pool was pool a at the end they all finished with two and two records so unfortunately based on their tiebreakers and their systems of how they did it whether it's head-to-head -head matchups so for example in that one you have cuba and italy advanced with their two and two records netherland and panama were out and chinese Taipei have to requalify, finishing fifth even though they all had the exact same record can you help shed a little bit light of their tiebreakers as far as the head-to-head -head matchups plus the run differential yeah, you know, I it's it's just like our 12U teams is we have pool play and you play against other teams and the first uh, tiebreaker is if you're finished equal records is head-to-head. -head. And if you don't play head-to-head, -head, then it goes to different tiebreakers. So now after the head-to-head -head in what the World Baseball Classic does is – if certain teams beat certain teams and it all becomes even, which it was at two and two, then you have to go to, you have to find the next uh, best tiebreaker, so to speak. And what they came up with run differential. So that's where teams, you know, like in major league baseball, like if you're up by eight runs, you usually don't steal, but in a tournament like this, you're trying to accumulate as many runs as you can because if you end up tying at the end of pool play and that is the tiebreaker, you want to have more runs than the team you played. And then they take the outs that you've gotten in the tournament uh, and divide that by the runs. And then they come up with the average. And then whoever has scored the most runs is the team that, that ends up moving on. My picks were Cuba and Panama on that one. So close, but no cigar. Team Italy was thrilled. They were playing with a lot of passion. They were really integrated and nicely gelled as a team I saw on TV as well. So, you know, congratulations to them. They were going to be very hard-pressed to go past the second round, but they made it past the first. And Pool B, you know, J Japan and Australia obviously advanced. Japan was perfect. Australia, a little bit of a surprise. I thought Korea was going to go in. They did not. 
Czech Republic actually won a game. They were uh, band-aid together with uh, tradespeople and whoever could, they could dig up at the airport. China needed to requalify. How is it possible that China did not win a game and Czech Republic did, Steve? You know, it, again, it's just one of those things. It's, you know, they, they didn't have a very good tournament, you know, for whatever reason. You know, China was probably prepared to play, but they ended up uh, just having a bad tournament and maybe a break here, break there. They didn't pitch well. Uh, and, and I believe that's who the Czech Republic beat, right? So in one game against another team, again, you just don't know. Uh, a hit here, hit there, a three-run homer makes a big difference in a game, and, and the Czech Republic won a game. So uh, And they, ha they had a couple players that had, had some professional experience. It wasn't just uh, a run-of-the-mill, we're going to pull guys out of the office and, and put a team on the field, right? I mean, they still had some guys who – uh, have played and, and, and played growing up. So they know the game, but uh, they just weren't professionals. Yeah, and and uh, when we get to Pool C, it was also, you know, Team Canada. They A lot of their pitchers didn't end up playing, and they had to band-aid some guys together. Some retired guys had to come out of retirement or semi-retirement. So it's tough when you don't have your full, full team. Like USA and Japan have such a roster of players to choose from. It's such an abundance of riches that, you know, you pick your – B team, your C team, it's still better than most countries' A teams, like just because of the talent level that they got. But uh, China and Chinese Taipei are going to have to requalify now. Every team that finishes the bottom of the pools got to go back into the pool and go spend time with South Africa and all the other countries are going to try to requalify for this thing. Now, I saved you a little tidbit. I, you know, I love conspiracy theories, right? Yep. And. I did not believe this for a second, but when I thought about it, you knew ahead of time the poolings, by the way, how it was going to work. If you looked at it up and you say, the winner of this pool is going to face the runner-up from the other pool, etc. So the conspiracy theory goes like this for Pool C. How did Mexico shellac USA the way they did? Well, Team USA looked at the brackets and said to themselves, if... All goes well for us. We lose to Mexico, but we still advance. We're going to not have to face Japan in the semis. We're going to face Cuba or another team like that. We do not want to face Japan in the semis. Let another team go through this. So they purposely or not try as hard for their their uh, loss to Team Mexico. Then went back out and kept being Team USA. What do you think about that conspiracy theory? I give that a thumbs down. I, I don't I, think that... <laughs> I don't think that they... We're thinking about who they were going to play before the first game that they were playing against Mexico, right? So, uh, you know, it, it was a tough loss. I mean, you never go out there trying to lose. I, I, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't matter whatever the situation is. You're you're not uh, you're not going out there to try to manipulate the pool. In my aspect of this is who we want to face because you don't know Japan's gonna be first in their pool. They might have been second. What happens if Australia was first and Japan was second, then USA would play Japan, right? So you just never know how that's going to play out in the in the in the pool play. Uh, as you've seen in uh pool A, right, where everybody went two and two. You would expect one team to be three and one and not be two and two and have a run differential. So it could have very easily been any other team with two and two being at the top of that pool instead of the middle of the pool or the bottom of the pool. So uh, at the end of the day, I think they just go out there and their thought process is we need to be one or two to move on to have a chance to win this whole thing. If we're one or two, 
and we put ourselves in the best spot, we play who we play. I was at that game, so I will say, like, being in, in there, I know you watched the game on TV as well, and you and I talked about it. You know, while Randy was playing well in the outfield for Team Mexico, it was that lockdown reliever that came into the game and locked down USA for three, maybe four innings even. When you have a middle reliever that can just stymie the bats like that while you get some runs on the board, I think that's a difference maker. Team Mexico played with a lot of heart. USA did what they could. Uh, things did not go well for all the USA pitchers, and that's just the game of baseball. But I agree with you. I don't think that there's actually a conspiracy that way. But I had to give a shout-out to those Reddit people. So Mexico and USA advance. Uh, that's what I expected. Canada and Great Britain are out. Um, Colombia needs to requalify. Surprise on Great Britain, uh, how they pulled that out. But again, like you said, you have a little bit of talent from the majors. You have a little bit of luck in one game. Like it's one thing when you have a seven game series, right? Yes. When it's one particular game, anything can happen at any time. Even if you have Verlander going against another team's fifth starter, you just don't know ever in baseball with one game in I think we've talked about that yeah it's uh it's uh it's just one of those things where one game is a coin flip like it's I've been in many of them in my career where uh you know you're not the best team in the world and you're facing the bet one of the best pitchers in in the game and you end up beating them and it's not for the reason that this guy was bad or this guy was good it's just kind of how the game went and transpired and a, a hit here, a walk there, a bloop there, and it completely changes the game. And, you know, offense has a bad day. They don't score very many runs, and you end up losing the game. Uh, you know, not because you want to lose or uh, the other team was better than you overall, but they were better than you that day. And, and sometimes that happens. And that was really the case in Pool D. I mean, that was the most stacked pool out of all of them. You know, you're looking at on surface, you got Dominican Republic, who were the favorite team for a lot of people that they were going to take this tournament, Puerto Rico, Venezuela. From these three teams, you're almost assured two are going to be going ahead. One is going to go out. If you spread these teams among the other pools, probably all three are going to advance. They were very, very strong. Team Israel was the Cinderella story. Somehow they qualified. They they did well enough in this tournament that they do not have to requalify. Nicaragua has to requalify. They finished at the bottom. But what the heck happened to Team Dominican? I mean, they were the favorites for a lot of people. They did not make it out of the first round. How is that possible? They're in a tough pool. <laughs> Again, we've discussed it, right? At the end of the day, you got, uh, you know, Venezuela, you got Puerto Rico, and Colombia, right? Uh, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican, Israel, Nicaragua. Oh, Nicaragua. So you have two of the other teams that are, are really tough, right? I mean, not that the other ones aren't, but they're just, when you look at it on its face, it just doesn't stack up to what you think the Dominican team is because they have all these great players that are playing on their team. Um, and, and again, you know, they played a, a tough Puerto Rican team and Puerto Rico ended up, uh, you know, beating them and win them out and, and having the opportunity to play in, in, in bracket play and, and go and win it. I mean, it's it was a tough hard fought game and uh they just came up a little bit short so this is a case where you know the management for team dominican look back on this thing as they prepare for the next tournament when it'll come up and i don't know if they in my opinion i don't know if they could do anything differently i think it's just the way the chips fell i think they had a really stacked roster obviously some guys didn't end up making it some guys pulled out for injuries or what be it but every, all else being equal i think that 
Dominican couldn't have done anything else except hopefully get a better pool next next time. Yeah, well, win one more game, right? Yeah, be, be Puerto Rico. I mean, that's what they had to do. They knew it was in front of them. It was win or go home, right? Win this game and move on, or lose and I go home. And you know, Puerto Rican team just had a a better game, and uh, you know, and they moved on. And that's where when you're going out of the quarterfinals, you know, it's one of those things again that. The memory of this tournament will always be embedded with the strikeout of Otani of Trout. That image will be in people's minds forever and Team Japan as they well deserve. But there were some great games in those quarterfinals. Uh, there were four games in total. Two of them, I expected Cuba beat Australia. I think that was kind of a gimme unless Australia really had, you know, their mojo going that day. But Cuba pulled out. Japan beating Italy was kind of a foregone conclusion at that point. The two interesting games there was USA, Venezuela, Mexico, Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And after what happened with Puerto Rico and with Diaz, you know, it's, it's you thinking, are they going to rally around him? What's going to happen? But team Mexico came in really strong. You know, people try to think of one way or another, how one team is going to pull out. It was at the end. There was two really strong teams and that one could have gone either way, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing, right? You have, yeah. you have two well-balanced ball clubs, have enough pitching again you don't know who they can start who they can who they can use who they can't use back to back the restrictions put on major league players by these major league teams puts the managers in you know uh, a little bit of a bind so to speak when you would manage a game maybe a different way if you had all of your players available but again uh it's the timing of the wbc it's the restrictions the major league teams put on their players because they don't want them to get hurt and they still want them to be balanced throughout spring training uh, while letting them go play for their country. So, uh, you know, again, you said it well, two really good teams uh, balanced and, you know, the better team on that particular day won and they moved on. And that's, I guess, one of the, uh, not going to say minuses, but one of the, a little bit of a hindrance as far as it goes, because, all else being equal, if you had full access to your roster and be able to use them any way you wanted, especially those those middle innings, you know, those are the really key ones. And you're not able to bring in a certain guy at a certain point and pitch him X amount of innings or X amount of pitches just because of the restrictions or what the team told you or they cannot pitch because they already had pitched X amount of days. It's tough because, you know, you would love to be able to use everybody in the right situation no matter what, but sometimes you're kind of handcuffed. I could see that definitely with Team USA where some relievers came on, and I said, why is he on at this point? That doesn't make any sense. You have these guys in the bullpen, but without knowing those backgrounds on each mm -hmm. of those players, you're kind of stuck. But USA still beat El Venezuela. Very difficult team. Uh, that was a very close game as far as uh, talent-wise goes. And you know what? Kudos. I think that none of these teams have anything to be ashamed of. And if anything else, it just inspires them to do better the following year. But where I'm hoping is that they'll stay fresh in people's memory banks that if people pulled out, not because of injuries or anything, just said, you know, I don't know if this tournament's for me. Once they got to watch it on TV, hopefully it excites others that they'll want to join in on the next one. Yeah, absolutely. I think you'll see more players, uh, high-level players, join certain teams uh, as long as they're healthy, as long as they're in a good spot. and. Uh, you know, it's the right timing for them. So, you know, hopefully we see some of the other, you know, big players. You know, I'd love to have seen Corbin Burns pitch in this. I'd love to have seen Jacob DeGrom pitch in this. But, 
at the end of the day, they know what they need as players to get ready and to perform during the season. And, you know, obviously Jacob Dugam signed his contract, but one was with a new team. So wants to be around that team, doesn't want to miss three weeks of being around and the camaraderie and what he's supposed to learn and working with the catcher. So it's, it's very detailed and there's a lot that goes into it. So veteran guys who are on teams that have been on those teams for years are much easier to leave to play because they already know the system where new guys coming in might not want to. My final question for you, Steve, as we wrap up analysis of the 2023 World Baseball Classic and the highlights, it's looking ahead. Are you and I, in our lifetime, going to see a winner of this tournament that is not Japan, not the USA, and not the Dominican Republic? I would say that answer is yes. It's going to be tough because it seems like Japan has taken all of them and lets Dominican USA get one each uh, occasionally. Uh, you know, imagine the year when we see Colombia wins it all or Nicaragua wins it, Israel, Great Britain, you know, Italy. I think we're going to as the sport grows worldwide and more players come on board for these countries. But uh, at least in the next two of them, three of them over the next, let's say, 12 years. I don't know. It's tough. It seems like it's the same suspects every single year. Even like with Team Mexico, they have so much talent. They keep pulling through and getting through to the first round, second round is not so easy to make it to a final is almost impossible and then to actually win it. So, you know, for like fans of like team Mexico, I would say you guys are on the cusp, you know, stay with your team and it's going to happen. I would agree, but I, I, it's hard to say when, because those three powerhouses are still there. Yeah, they are powerhouses. That's for sure. But uh, you got team Venezuela, team Mexico and team Puerto Rico, who would be the next layer that I really feel has the opportunity to, uh, knock off some of the bigger dogs in the tournament and have a chance to win it. Let's let's stay tuned. And please, I tell the viewers to write in your questions, comments for Steve Carsey on The Chosen Journey. And stay tuned for next week. The MLB season is well underway. More storylines are going to come about. Until next time, we'll see you on The Chosen Journey. Absolutely. Thanks, Jonathan. See you soon. See you soon.